Hey, Kev, let's let's follow this trail over here. This looks like there might be something waiting down there. All right. Hey, wait a minute. Do you hear that? Yeah, I thought it was just me. What the heck is that? I don't know what that is. Whoa, do you smell that, too? That's unbelievable. Hey, look. What the? Hey, look, those, those branches are moving over there. What the heck is that? Holy cow, is that what I think it is? Look at that thing. It, oh my god. It's a freaking Sasquatch. Welcome to the Bigfoot Terror in the Woods Sightings and Encounters podcast. I'm your host, W.J. Sheehan. Hello, everybody, and thank you once again for spending some time with my brother and I. My name is W.J. Sheehan, author of the series Bigfoot Terror in the Woods, Sightings and Encounters, nine volumes of which are available at Amazon in ebook and paperback, and at Audible, volumes one through eight, in audio format. Also, Amazon and iTunes carry them as well. And do not forget about my latest book, UFO, Sightings and Encounters, Volume 1, by W.J. Sheehan. If you don't buy that, you're missing out. Over 50, in, over 50 events, sightings, encounters, whatever you want to call them, cattle mutilations, you name it. It's in there, and I'm telling you, some really freaky, deaky stuff going on out there. Hopefully a couple of abductions, too. <laughs> yeah, well, there actually are a couple of abductions. <laughs> Sorry, I had to jump there. in. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, my brother KJ has just dive bombed. You got me all riled up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm telling you, man, you know, just like people are hearing it around the globe and many people are experiencing this, there is some high strangeness going on out there, and we're only touching the tip of the iceberg, and I have over 50 accounts in Volume 1, and several of them are my own, so you're going to read some of what I've been talking about mildly over the course of this uh, podcast of ours. Nice. Very very interesting indeed, Kev. Well, by the way, I got my desk rotated 90 degrees now, folks, in my studio here, and I'm looking out into the darkness of my backyard. (laughs) So if uh, some pointy ears and red eyes are looking in at me, (laughs) I'll be able to grab a shot of Dog Man. (laughs) <laughs> and if he continues to look, uh, I may grab a different kind of shot of Dog Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bada bing, bada boom. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so how's it going up there, Bill, in New York? Yeah, Long Island. There you go. <laughs> Long Island. You got spring York. there now? Now that it really is spring, <laughs> is, is March going out like a lion or like a lamb? Yeah, well, I, I had spring last night. I think it was 10 degrees and blowing 30. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, we had spring today, too. I think it was uh, 30 
and blowing 15. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, we got the wind here too, Bill. So I, I think March is going out like a lion. Yeah. <laughs> um, hopefully April comes in and with uh, some nice warm temps and everything else. Yeah, I can't complain about March at all. All in all, it was a pretty good month. Uh, the winter, uh, to me, was a non-event up here. And uh, I feel very fortunate. You know, I took a ride tonight. Uh, just before we got together here, I came back about a half an hour ago. I went out east and I took a long ride down Dune Road through uh, East Quogue, uh, West Hampton, and, uh, you know, the sun was setting. And you know that Back Bay area there, Kev, with the marshes and yeah, everything? it's beautiful, especially this time of uh, the year, right? No crowds yet or anything, and just, oh, the, just the beauty. Freaking nobody. Yeah. And I'm riding, folks, folks, this stretch of Dune Road, which divides uh, the Great South Bay from the Atlantic Ocean. It's a small strip and uh, fairly much end-to-end uh, rich man's alley over there. I mean, there are homes there uh, like you're in Beverly Hills. Yeah, I and mean, rich man's eight- alley is an understatement. It's like you got to yeah. have enough money to build there that you're willing to lose the whole thing in a storm. Yeah. And they do. And that's the fact. Yeah, they do. That's a fact, man. And, uh, I mean, I'm driving down there. There isn't a soul in these houses. They're strictly for pleasure when they the weather's nice and they want to get over there. Yeah, and you fly out there in a helicopter and it drops you off. Yeah. Oh, it's just unbelievable, man. Yeah. No Bigfoot out there, man. No, but some deer, some yeah. rabbits. The, os- the ospreys are back on their uh, oh, cool. perches. You know, they've migrated back up. I mean, unless Bigfoot comes in on a UFO, which could happen. Definitely could happen. <laughs> Who knows? They may, be sh- they may be shacking up in one of their mansions until the owners That's come back. That's right. Did you see any- anybody looking out the windows with red eyes? <laughs> <laughs> Could be a nice, cool place to hang out for a while. Yeah, good, good digs. (laughs) (laughs) And they got deer over there, so they can hunt in the dunes, and then come home and eat. Come, come home, fire up the grill, go for a little swim. (laughs) Take the Porsche out for a ride. (laughs) Hey, maybe. (laughs) It's a convertible. (laughs) Well, it wasn't. It wasn't, but it is now. It is now. Awesome. Oh, my brother. What do we got in uh, cryptids in uh, the news and other oddities segment? Yeah, tonight we're going to the news. And uh, this is a recent report from Fox 2 Now in Illinois, here in the U.S. And it's entitled, Another Very Reliable Bigfoot Sighting Occurred Near Notable Sasquatch Hotspot. So it's got both Bigfoot and Sasquatch in the title. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They want to make sure you got. What I mean, it's a little weird, about. but it, that's what it says. But that's okay. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so this report was uh, filed by an eyewitness. So the guy who saw this, and he reported also to BFRO to our friends at BFRO. 
And right. uh, Moneymaker and the gang uh, validated the report, which is kind of cool. Okay. So he was driving along Route 78 in central Illinois. I would call it western Illinois, near the town of Chandlerville, which is northwest of Springfield, Illinois, and toward the western part of the state, out near Missouri. And we know Missouri's okay. got Momo out there and some other critters as well. Yeah. Yeah. And this was about 1030 at night. So good time to see a Bigfoot, right? This is recent, Kev? Yeah, January it was reported. Wow. So January of 2022. All right. So uh, he talks, and this is the witness speaking. He says, there was a car probably about three quarters of a mile ahead of me, and I could see their taillights. And then between the car and him, he saw a large animal jump into the road about 40 yards ahead of his vehicle. And he said, when it hit the road, I could see very large legs spread wide in a dead run with large swinging hairy arms. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my God. Did he say anything about how fast they were traveling? Well, we're going to get to that, but just be clear, okay. this isn't a bear, right, running like that. Yeah, yeah. The the arms switched back and forth close to the ground as its body was leaning forward in this sprint. It leapt across the road in two jumps. So that's pretty good, right? Yeah. And when yeah. it hit the shoulder of the road, he said, it looked back at me and... He said to himself out loud, freaking Bigfoot. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it hits you immediately what it is you're looking yeah, at. Yeah, he wasn't thinking squirrel, possum, bear. He was thinking yeah. Bigfoot, just to be clear. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then he said, I, Kev, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, Kev, you, you can see that happening to yourself. There's no misidentification. 100%. I mean, I, I'm yeah. hoping it happens one of these days, especially in that kind of a setting. You're cruising along and you're like, holy crap, freaking Bigfoot. Yeah. Right? And and no no second guessing yourself. You're a man, a woman. Uh, maybe you've heard about it. Maybe you haven't. I don't think anybody would see that and say anything else other than Bigfoot. No, I agree. I agree. I mean, he's seeing it very clearly in the, coming across the middle of the road, you know, yeah. in his headlights. You know, 40 yards is not that far when you're cruising down this road, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he says it's about two seconds before it vanished into the darkness completely, but he could see it clearly. He mm-hmm. said it was very large, and even though it was hunched over, nearly horizontal as it's as it horizontal it still was close to being wider than my car and nearly to the top of my windshield wow it blocked out the lights of the car ahead and it had shiny black hair wow he said i could not see eyes or mouth but saw its head turn towards me before it jumped into the dark field Incredible, you know, Kev. It just makes me think. Like it, I, I know there's still a lot of older cars on the road now, but I just came home in my cross track. Yep. 
the light the lights on that thing i mean when i turn the high beams on i can see the grain and the bark on a tree 150 feet ahead of me yeah yeah i mean it's it's those lights modern are like cars, really you know modern cars the last five or six years have amazing headlights sure i mean you could see the the stones yeah in the pavement I mean, my, my F-150, I think I could x-ray a squirrel with it. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, squirrel. Hold on. Stay still. I got to get a good image. <laughs> but you asked me how fast it was moving. So we covered that a little bit. But the eyewitness also stated that the monster was moving nearly as fast as a white-tailed deer sprinting across the road. So that's wow. pretty fast. Yeah. For a big hulk yeah. of a beast. Yeah, well, they, uh, you know, uh, well, go ahead. I was going to interrupt you with a totally different subject, of course, related to Bigfoot, but I don't want to yeah, yeah, knock yeah. you down when That's you're... That's okay. We're in full stride like a white-tailed deer over here. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what I was thinking of when you said that, uh, and we could talk about the latest episode and a little bit of uh, Expedition Bigfoot. Oh, yeah, we're going to talk about that. Yeah. You remember, you remember last year uh, when the guy who kind of heads up the show went down that street where they said a lot of Bigfoot is seen here coming across the road, and he, he caught that figure, I mean, boogieing across that narrow street in that one stretch in the distance. Yep. And uh, I looked at it, and I said to myself, I don't know what that is, but I know what it isn't. <laughs> And it wasn't a man because Hussein Bolt ain't running across the street as fast as that thing moved yep. over there. Yep. So uh, if he says this thing was running like a, a, a white-tailed deer, he's really just describing something going very quickly across the street. Yep. So this gentleman, he talks about, after he talks about how fast it was going and compares it to a white-tailed deer, he says, after speaking to his co-workers about the encounter, so first off, hats off to you for actually coming forward and talking to your co-workers about it. They informed him that hunters, fishermen, and barge operators on the river there have had multiple sightings right there in that area. And the locals say a clan of Bigfoot live there, and they're not threatening to humans. Hmm. Well, so they think. Well, yeah, until they're upset with yeah. the humans. Right. <laughs> so then I mentioned BFRO was involved. So BFRO investigator Matthew Moneymaker followed up with the witness to determine the validity of his sighting. And this is Matthew Moneymaker. He says... This is a very reliable sighting. I spoke extensively with the witness by phone. And the witness's name is Patrick Garver. He's 59 years old, has been a design engineer for the past 38 years, designing parts for custom welding machines. He's married and he has two kids in college. He says he's not particularly interested in the Bigfoot subject, but he recognized what he was seeing. Yeah. Yeah, he was driving 70 miles an hour. If there's any law enforcement out there and that's over the speed limit, don't come <laughs> after him. Uh, this is, you know, as reported, now third hand. So he can't be arrested for that, I don't think. Um, and didn't slow down much until he reached the next town. Uh, 
He kept going, then stopped in Havana, which is the new t- the next town in Illinois, to text his wife and kids to say he had seen a Bigfoot cross the highway. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, just wanted to get it out there right away. Like, you know, I got to tell somebody. Well, yeah, I mean, it's kind of cool, right? But again, we've talked about this a lot, Bill. The guy's 59 years old. Not that that's old, right? right? We know that area of age. And um, but, you know, you're at this you're at the point where you're like, you're not that concerned what people think if you really saw a Bigfoot, you know. Right. I mean, that's important. It's not like he's 23 years old and. You know, trying to get promoted in the local law enforcement or something. It's like, ah, whatever. Yeah. I saw a Bigfoot. Or, or, or to become a pilot for a major well, yeah, airline. absolutely. <laughs> so it was also interesting, and Moneymaker points this out. So this sighting was in a county there called Cass County, which is where Chandlerville is. But And it's the first recorded sighting in Cass County. But the two adjoining counties have 13 and 12 reports of people seeing Bigfoot. So 25 reports in the two adjacent counties. Wow. Sounds like something's moving around over there. Something's moving around over there. Or the same bear or the same guy in a costume running around all over the place. Could be. Bill. Could be. In fairness. As fast as a deer. As yeah, fast as, as, fast a, deer, as a deer can sprint. You know. <laughs> somebody with nothing better to do at ten thirty at night than run across a road in a Bigfoot suit. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe get hit by a car. Oh yeah. Or get hit by some lead. Yeah. I hope I don't trip in this suit. <laughs> Oh, my God. And this thing turned and looked at him. Looked at him. Now, the good news is it didn't have red eyes. So we got that going for us. Yeah, more of the normal normal state of Bigfoot. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, you you mentioned uh, the Bigfoot show, which we love, and that's been Mm -hmm. going well. And then I don't know if you saw it, Bill, but Skinwalker Ranch is coming back with a new season in May. So right around the corner. I'm looking forward to that, to see what the boys can uncover. Can't get enough of the creep that's going on in Skinwalker Ranch. Boy, that canyon, man. something. You know, it's like the guy uh, who bought the Blind Frog Ranch said. Oh, it's right down the road from Skinwalker. Yep, right down the road. And, you know, in the beginning of his show, which season ended uh, this year, he says something like, you know, there are places on Earth where things just aren't right, and this is one of them. <laughs> you know? It's I'm like, like you and I say, Bill, when we meet certain people, you know there's people on this Earth that just ain't right. <laughs> yeah. And he he said it plain as Yeah, dirt. he's cool. That's Dwayne, right? Yeah, Dwayne, I Dwayne like that guy. Super you know? cool. I like him and his son. They're both cool. His son yeah. with the Rastafarian dreadlocks who, like, will do anything. That guy is fearless. Yeah. Yeah, he's he is the definition of fearless. <laughs> and and you got to give Dwayne credit. He, like, does it right there with his son, right? Like, when his son wants to dive into the canyon and there's no visibility, blah, blah, blah. He's like, I'll go with you. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you know, in the beginning, it was kind of like he was retired, 
you know, like he's not doing that stuff anymore. But given the opportunity, no, he's right well, there. I think he is. But when like he's got to ask somebody else to put their life on the line, you got to give the guy credit. He's like, hey, I'll do it. You know, the old yeah. adage of I won't ask anyone to do anything that I wouldn't do myself is outstanding yeah. leadership. And yeah. Dwayne's yeah. got that going on. Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt about it. I just like him because he's kind of soft-spoken about oh, yeah. what he does. He's low-key. Like, you can't upset yeah. that guy. Like, even when the guys distract him, uh, you know, with those trucks in uh, maybe the third-to-last episode, uh, and then meanwhile the other guys are breaking into the cabin, right? He's like, oh, those, those rascals were distracting us while I broke into my cabin, you know? Yeah, they got a... You know, they got to come around to realize, at least by now, that anytime anything happens, it is uh, a fake. Yeah, it's designed to uh Right, it's by design. Them. Absolutely. So they, they got to get wise to that and just stand their ground. Yep. Yep. And if anybody comes to them, they come. Let them come exactly. to us. Let we them don't come go to, to them. You. Don't give up the watch. Yeah. Don't leave yeah. your wingman, Maverick. all right bill so that's cryptids Um, in the news and other oddities what do you have for us any accounts that you're going to cover yeah yeah i have something really cool here but i'm going to preface it by just talking for a minute you know uh years ago i don't even remember when it was let's just say within the past 10 years I remember seeing a, a show or two about the uh, wild hogs, uh, like, taking over areas of the Southland and uh, Midwest. And I was like, what? Oh, yeah. And we, it was, we got the feral was hogs. The, yeah, and it was yeah. the real deal. And they they showed these homeowners with the... Their yards all rooted up where oh, the children we, had sandboxes. We sand got them boxes. here in North Carolina, Bill. And actually, I was down in Florida last weekend, right, in Jacksonville, Florida. And I was driving uh-huh. back, and we saw a couple of feral hogs on I-95 in uh, outside of Jacksonville, heading towards South Carolina. Wow. Yeah, they're and out And, you there. know, it, it made me think back in time— you know, uh, I think it was, uh, Kev, you all know the names that I say. It will mean nothing to the listeners, but uh, Mr. Weiss, uh, Mr. Giordano. Oh, yeah, down the street. Uh, yeah, Mr. Redmond. Yep. Uh, I think all of these guys were Korean War vets. Yeah, that and, makes sense. Uh, yeah. Every couple of years, they would go on a boar hunt. And I remember them coming back and stringing up three or four or five hogs. Uh, And, of course, I was particularly impressed with the ones that had the tusks. Oh, yeah. And they used to talk about getting treed by these little buggers. Like, you know, if they come at you, they can rip you with the tusks and they jump up in a tree. No, and and they're stealthy. They're stealthy, too. Like, you know, once the only time you hear them snorting and grunting and stuff is when you're right next to them. And they charge at you, you know. Right. So then I saw some television uh, show put on about them, and they were showing these guys that were getting together with dogs, and they had, like, flak jackets on the dogs because 
Some of the the dogs got the pigs go after the dogs too. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, some of these dogs had been killed. They had their guts ripped out by these pigs. And so, fast forward a little bit, and I had been thinking, and I don't know, at some point that wow, geez, with all of these pigs around. Uh, something's got to be eating them. And how about a Bigfoot? Oh, yeah. Well, so then one thing led to another, and sure as shooting. Uh, some accounts had come in uh, over time about purported uh, Bigfoot sightings regarding uh, feral hogs. And I said to myself, like I always do, well, who am I, who am I to argue with you? You know, you're out there. I'm not hunting feral hogs in uh, Georgia or something. And I've, got, I've had a number of them, and, and this is one of them. So just listen along as I read into this here. Now, the more testimonials that I hear, the more I say to myself, can things possibly get any more bizarre? <laughs> And having having said as much, is what you are about to read or hear from me now any more bizarre than seeing a 10-foot-tall creature crossing the street? That's my question to you. This particular account was told to me by a guy named Clifford Snedekor, a resident of the good state of Arkansas. This is what Cliff had to say. In early summer of 2013, my good friend John and I were heading out for the evening to bang a couple of feral hogs. I like the terminology. (laughs) He said, these bastards are taking over the planet. And there are more than a few good old boys who are doing our best to dispose of them. They're good eating the little bastards to boot. We had access to go into a certain large wooded area, and permission, I might say. So we drove in with the truck and were setting up to hunt the last two hours of daylight into the night. The hogs begin to come out of the woods at this time of day, and if you were to come in here under cover of darkness, the field would be covered with dozens of these buggers. We were already seeing six hogs, which were foraging around some 200 yards away. But we were waiting for more to arrive, especially the ones that we call the big daddies. Our saying saying is this, don't waste your lead on Junior when you can pop big daddy. (laughs) I love that. That's awesome. (laughs) I'm going to pop Big Daddy a good (laughs) shot. So the field here is comprised of about 50% flat grass and dirt and 50% tall grass. So it's like a half-half tall tall grass and, and what he calls flat grass and dirt. With the tall grass patches being between three and four feet in height. We had been moving around slowly for about an hour, only 45 minutes now away from sunset, when we started to observe two big boars coming into view in the outskirts of the field. 
It was now 15 minutes before darkness would be upon us, being what you would call the time of twilight. And we hadn't, had yet, we hadn't yet had the opportunity to pull the trigger. It was then that out of the corner of my eye, I started to see something moving in the grass, part of which, which was just above the top of the tallest grass. Allow me to describe to you what I was seeing in this fashion. From my perspective... It looked like the profile of a World War II army helmet. Just at the height of the tallest grass, moving along sporadically and heading in the direction of the main body of hogs. So he's seeing this, what he describes as an army helmet, moving above the grass sporadically, going towards these hogs that they're seeing in the distance. It would move and then pause, move and then pause again. It kept doing this as it was covering perhaps a 75-yard patch of this tall grass. As we were both watching whatever this was, approaching the spot where the hogs were, we knew it would either have to stay in the tall grass or cross through an open area in order to proceed in the direction of the hogs. It was the latter that occurred. We observed what appeared to be a 10-foot-long black creature of some sort come crawling out of the grass on four monstrous legs, and it was doing so just like a spider across the clearing. It was at least three times the size of the biggest hog that was visible, which may in and of itself have weighed upwards of 600 pounds. The helmet shape that we had been looking at seemed to be its head, which was massive. The two of us exchanged glances with each other as if to say, What the heck is that? I had never seen anything like it in all of my life. Sitting in the open, as darkness was now falling, it appeared to be an enormous fur-covered spider from hell, which had four legs and must have weighed well over a thousand pounds. I can tell you from experience that when something like this occurs, you momentarily feel as though you've entered the twilight zone. In other words, it doesn't register with the natural man at the time. Personally, I felt like I was caught somewhere in space and time that I didn't want to be, and I was very uncomfortable and on edge. This giant spider, as I called it, now entered the grass on the other side of the opening, where we could once again follow its progress by watching the head protruding over the height of the grass. It was moving in fast spurts, gradually closing the gap between itself and what we could see of this herd of hogs.
it was almost totally dark now. And the spider creature was within perhaps 30 yards of the pigs. Suddenly, this creature, which up until that point in time had been moving with its body horizontal to the ground, stood upright on two legs and with a sudden burst of incredible speed ran at the hogs. We could now see this thing was unmistakably a Bigfoot, an enormous nine or ten foot tall Bigfoot. It took about ten leaps at a rate that I cannot begin to describe to you, and then leaping headlong, it landed on a hog, momentarily disappearing within the grass. We heard a loud squeal, and then everything went silent. Seconds later, this Bigfoot stood to his feet with the hog in its hand, clutching it like a woman holds a handbag. The hog, relatively speaking to us, seemed rather small, but still it had to have weighed in at close to 200 pounds and this monster was holding it in its right hand. It walked away into the darkness, clutching the hog in its hand, and disappeared from sight. I remember letting out a deep sigh, as though I had been holding my breath the entire time, which we were watching this unfold. The two of us stood to our feet, put our guns on safety, and walked back to the truck, with neither of us being able to speak, believe, or comprehend of what it was we had just seen. <clears throat> this Bigfoot was somehow able, as huge as it was, to contort its body and legs in a way that it was horizontal to the ground and moving like a spider. The next time that you are around a horse... Watch the way the horse's legs move as it walks. This Bigfoot's legs were moving in the same fashion. The only difference being the rapidity with which it was able to do so. It moved with such speed that to the naked eye, it was hard to follow its movements. Neither of us had ever seen a Bigfoot before this day or after. We had heard about others seeing them, people who were quite sincere, in fact, giving their testimonials about what they had seen. But this day was a game changer. It also shed some light on our finding hogs torn apart occasionally and eaten when we were hunting. We had always wondered what exactly had killed them. But now we both knew. This creature must have committed itself to this spider-like crawl as it left the cover of the trees. And it stayed in this posture to stalk the hogs until it was close enough to leap and run in for the kill. It was absolutely beyond belief. What do you think of that, Kev? Whoa, new meaning to along yeah. came the spider. Yeah. 
and picked up and, the hog know, like a purse. You know, uh, how... It, it is incredible. Oh, and, man. And I got to... Th- I got to thinking about this uh, when I was looking back at the the Patty film. And, you know, we may have talked about this b- before, but the the Bigfoot in the Patty film uh, kind of looks a little knock-kneed to me. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And I wondered, uh, after hearing this account, if there isn't some type of double-jointed thing going on uh, with the legs on these things that these guys could call it a spider. Mm. I mean, he didn't mention like he saw it like really rump high, like it would be if it, it just leaned down and was running like a, a gorilla across the ground, right? No, but I mean, you like could see butt- this thing is so powerful, all the accounts of these creatures. It could be going along on its feet and its hands to like be stealthy and attack, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, you know, whatever it takes, right? Well, of you course. Stalk, you I look. mean, it it learns how to get these pigs. I'm sure. I'm sure they didn't see it get the first one. You know. Yeah. Well, we've all seen uh, uh, videos of uh, cougars and cheetahs and everything else creeping in, uh, little by little. Oh yeah. Trying not to give up their position. You know. Just incredible, yeah, it's man. amazing account, Bill. Yeah, and here we are. A couple of good old boys out banging a couple of hogs. Banging a couple of hogs. Sue-wee! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> hey, hey, Jethro, what do you say we go out and bang Big Daddy Let's go get Daddy a couple tonight. of hogs. Let's put those spotlights <laughs> on and draw them in. <laughs> Whoa, what's that? That's, I don't think- <laughs> that's the biggest spider I've ever seen. <laughs> now that spider's carrying a hog like a purse. Okay, Jethro, I, t- <laughs> I think it's time we pull a slide on that AR. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Might want to kill the lights, too. I'm not sure. <laughs> I love that stuff. <laughs> I really do. And, you know, to our friends, all you good old boys down south, we're just having a little fun with you. Hey, you know? I'm down south with you, fellas. That's right, Kev. It. You're down there, I get too. it. <laughs> I get it. You know, what the guy, you know what the guy down in Texas said about us Yankees, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> he, said, <laughs> he said a Yankee is like a hemorrhoid. If it comes down and goes back up, it's okay. <laughs> but if it comes down and stays, it's a pain in the butt. <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about my buddy who, when he got pulled over by the trooper and had to declare all yeah. of his weapons in Texas. Yeah, and the trooper yeah. said, yeah. boy, what are you afraid of? And he said, absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, check this out. Bing, 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 bing. <laughs> Ain't afraid of nothing, sir. Ain't afraid of nothing. I love that stuff, man. And I won't, yeah, be, so I won't the- be bothering you for help. <laughs> By the way, if you need me, I'll be up the road. A piece. Exactly, if you need a backup. <laughs> if you need backup, just, <laughs> just holler. <laughs> awesome. Yes, I bet. 
What an, from Arkansas, man. Yeah, what a great account. Yeah, and you know, I guess uh, the Arkansas Razorbacks uh, got their name from probably some uh, uh, pigs or hogs in the area that they call the Razorbacks, yeah, definitely right? Yeah, some fierce hogs, for sure. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. Uh, do you think, like, those hogs got out of control or are these some other I have, no, I have no idea, but I mean, it's just these pigs have gone feral, basically. You know, they get out and they get into the wild. They don't have a predator other than uh, the spider-like Bigfoot, you know. Yeah. I mean, we don't have a lot of wolves and stuff like that. The wolves are making a comeback, but, you know, I don't know if coyotes hunt hunt wild hogs or not. Probably not. Well, no, they claim these hogs, too, uh, multiply like uh, rabbits. Okay, there you go. Yeah, so if there was 100,000 last year, there's like a half a million next year. There you go. And uh, do the math, you know. If, if, if 100 can become 500, then 500 can become 5,000, you know what I mean? And so forth and so on. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the dangerous, dangerous. No, man. I've, heard, I've definitely people. heard that, where by the time yeah. you know they're there, and you can't see them, you know, you're walking along, Bill, like, even where you are, you got those scrub oaks that are like six feet high. You can't tell if something's yep. right next to you, you know. And all of a sudden, you hear no. that snorting, and they can see you. You can't see them. Before you know it, you're being, you know, uh, you got some pig tusks in your throat. Yeah, well, I was told that, yeah, okay, so they find these things rooting around in the ground for stuff that they eat. Yeah. But I was told that some of these things will eat flesh. Oh, yeah, I don't know. But they're definitely aggressive. I know that. You should be afraid yeah. of them. Yeah. yeah. And if any of our listeners can really report more to us about hogs, I know you're out there. Uh, and I've spoken to some of you before, but so much stuff is going through my mind. Uh, sometimes I need a refresher. So if you've got any information on the feral hogs or even all the Bigfoot reports, uh, contact us at uh, BigfootTerrorInTheWoods.com and uh, and uh, let us know what's going on. Exactly. That's fantastic, Kip. Good stuff. <laughs> All right, Bill. Great yep. account. We're going to go to listener mail. And the first email comes in from Zach from Ohio. Yeah. And the subject is Estes Park, Colorado. So I think I know what he's talking about. All right. And uh, he says, I'm so glad you guys enjoyed my Frogman legend. So Zach wrote in about Frogman, and we covered it a few weeks back. He says, I okay. noticed Kevin didn't say where I was from in my email, but I am from Dayton, Ohio. He says, that oh. puts me about an hour roughly north of Loveland, Ohio. And I just got back from vacation out in the great Rocky Mountain state of Colorado. Wow. I had a very cool day trip to Estes Park up in the mountains. And, uh, of course, folks, I reported on going up to Estes Park and the Stanley Hotel, which was the inspiration for Stephen King's writing of the book The Shining. So check that episode out if you haven't already. So mm -hmm. uh, Zach was up in Estes Park, and he says, but unfortunately, I didn't see any hairy men up there. Yeah. I truly believe they are up there, as the habitat has all the bipedal primate could ever dream of. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to also let you guys know and your fellow listeners know that there will be a Bigfoot festival by the name of Bigfoot Days on April 1st and April 2nd of this year. So we may miss that announcement by the time this posts, um, but you can put it on your calendar for next year. I'm hoping I can make it over there because there will be plenty of attractions, food, etc., I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. Always love listening to the show on the way to and from work. Cheers, Zach from Ohio. There you go. Well, Zach, standing tall. Yeah, good stuff, and, Zach. Uh, now, Loveland was where the Frogman sighting was. He's, no kidding? Yeah, exactly. And uh, so he's right in that neighborhood. Uh, but Dayton, you know... Ohio, and then we have this Ill, numerous Illinois sightings. Well, and we had the uh, Bigfoot sightings in Grassland, Grassland sightings, Grassland Bigfoot, Grassland creature. That's in Ohio as well. And then yeah. our field reporter, which we got another email from him we're going to read tonight, uh, from Rick in Ohio. He was pretty close to that athletic uh uh, facility, you know, like YMCA or whatever it was, where the woman came out yeah. at 10 or 11 o'clock at night and saw the Bigfoot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. There's there's some critters moving around over there. This isn't all hokum, you know. Uh, once maybe, but uh, two, three, four, five, six, ten. A lot of Bigfoot sightings in the Midwest. Yeah, a lot going on up there, man. Yeah, so, no doubt uh, about it. You know, that's a good time, really, to carry a camera with you, especially if you got an iPhone, uh, where hopefully you'll have the, your wits about you or have a chance to get off a couple of good shots. Uh, but even then, you know, everything's so small once you get it back. It's it's difficult for your average Joe or Jane just to photograph something, you know, because what you think you see... By the time you're done with it or trying to magnify it and, you know. Bill, it's pretty funny. So, like, I had a practical experience. Last night, I'm walking out of the gym near my house. It's about 930 at night, so it's dark here in North Carolina. And I come walking out, and I park a long way from, you know, the entrance to the gym, both so I don't get a scratch on my Bigfoot vehicle and also, so I get a little bit more exercise, you know, so I'm walking out to the back 40 of the parking lot. I get within okay. like 50 yards of my truck and a big gray fox, a big one, comes stepping out of the bushes right in front of me, looks over his right shoulder at me, kind of say, hey, how's it going? Uh, fortunately, he's not frothy and rabid. And uh, and then yeah, he keeps yeah. marching along. And, like, I dive into my pocket to get my phone out because it's a beautiful gray fox. And uh, I can't get my phone out fast enough, even though he trots, like, 40 yards away into the next set of bushes. I wasn't even close to getting my phone out. Yeah. So it just goes to show. Like, you know, I got home. I told my wife about it. And she's like, you get a picture? And I'm like, no, man. It took me forever to get the phone out of my pocket. Yeah. Yeah, and look, most Bigfoot encounters, right, you'd be lucky if you had that much time. Yeah, yeah. 
And by the by the time you're done kind of looking like just checking and double checking in your mind, like what 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 yeah, it's I mean, this gray fox wasn't uh as fast as a white tailed deer. He was just trotting along, like what am I gonna do to him, you know? And uh yeah. and I knew what it was. Like I see the red fox all the time, I see the gray fox sometimes, and really I was just astounded like this thing was big. Yeah. You know. Cruising Crazy. along, but I couldn't get the I couldn't get the phone out fast enough to take a picture or or even a video. Nothing. And you were thinking about it. You I were like, was. hey, get a picture. I was. Yeah. I wasn't afraid. Fast I wasn't afraid yeah. either, right? Like if it was a Bigfoot, I would have been like, oh crap, you know. Uh yeah. in this case I was kinda like, Oh, it's a gray fox. Wow, that's a cool looking gray fox, you know, but couldn't get to the phone fast enough. Yep. No, it's and people who don't find themselves in the, that situation or experiment with it, it's just it's just not as easy as everybody no, thinks no it way. is. You know? No way, yeah. And every individual is just that, an individual. Yeah. You, you just don't know how you're going to react. Yeah. Uh, maybe your adrenaline some, suddenly jumps off the charts and you start shaking. Who, who, who knows what's going to happen to you? You can't plan for that. 100%, yeah. Wow. Well, all right. So our next one comes in. This one's timely. It's related to our last podcast, I think, Bill. And it comes in from Bruce. And Bruce talks about the Otter Tail Range. And oh, yeah. uh, Bruce is saying that, that that is a mountain range in Canada west of Banff National Park in British Columbia. Pretty sure yeah. you probably had somebody already tell you. But no, Bruce, you're the first one we're talking about that told us. So we appreciate it, Bruce. Mm-hmm. You know, keep us keep us informed when you're out in that area of the country. Tell us where it is, especially if you've been there. And Bruce ends his note by saying, take care, gentlemen. We always enjoy the shows. So thank you, Bruce. Yeah, interesting, you know. Yeah. And uh, uh, I've got at least... One of them, maybe two accounts. One that I know of uh, in Banff, if it's Banff, Banff or Banff, Banff, however you... Banff. Banff. And, uh, you know, there's some big critters up there, oh, yeah. man. You know. Uh, so, uh, I wish there was... Uh, well, there's nothing you could do about it, you know. I mean, there's a limited amount of people in these areas... And uh, certainly an even more finite amount of people who are going to have a chance to see a Bigfoot. Yep. Wow. Crazy. Cool. All right. And Brad writes in next from Indiana. Speaking of the Midwest and Bigfoot sightings. And Brad writes in, he says, I know, Kevin, you had referenced Expedition Bigfoot on previous podcasts. So I wanted to drop a quick note. To let you know that the newest season, season three of Expedition Bigfoot, dropped a few weeks ago on the Travel Channel. You may have already been aware of the new season, but if you aren't, you need to watch the first two episodes. It picks up at the same location from season two, and boy, do things get freaky off the bat. Keep up the good work. God bless you, WJ and KJ, and all the listeners of your fine podcast. Sincerely, Brad. So, Brad, yeah, we've been watching it. Bill and I have been talking about it. Holy cow, it sure did get freaky off the bat like you're saying. 
Yeah. And I'm so glad that they went back to the Olympic Peninsula. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because there's unfinished business there. Yeah. You know, uh, they could do a season of shows up there. Oh, yeah. Uh, because that place is rife. How about them releasing that drone with about two gallons of chimpanzee pheromone, <laughs> spraying it all over, you know, a half a dozen acres or whatever they were able it's to wild, do? Wild stuff. I mean, that has to be able to attract some attention. Yeah. Crazy. And, uh, you know, that was because of last year in Kentucky when that Earth DNA came back uh, partially being chimpanzee. Well, how about Jane Goodall? Them talking to Jane yeah. Goodall, and Jane Goodall talks about the fact that, you know, in some of the areas she was doing research, the Native people right. came right back and said, yeah, we know what that is. We see them all the time. And look... Folks, if you're listening to us and you're a naysayer, Jane, for Jane Goodall to say that it was good enough for her to hear from a couple of honest Native people in different areas tell her what they saw, why is it not good enough for us here in the States yeah, to have I mean. Bill Sheehan, if he saw one, or KJ Sheehan, or Bruce or anybody else tell them what they saw. Why are we such? Uh, uh, why are we so negative? Uh, yeah. Or, and by or the way, folks, you know, you go back and listen to the first couple of episodes. You know, I'll warn you, the quality isn't as good as it is today. I mean, I'm a bit of a naysayer, you know. But when I see Jane Goodhall, I'm like, whoa! Like this woman was and is on the cutting edge. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, and a scientist, uh, totally a scientist, one hundred percent, right? Right. So, what is the scientific community? Is that they shun her? Her scientific end of so. research isn't way, as good. I don't think she cares. By the way, you know, exactly. Yeah, yeah she's just sitting there she's living her life, doing in her what life, she does. just like we were talking about earlier, where she's like, "Yeah, whatever." Right. I'm Jane Goodall. What do you yeah, got? Just like me. What do you got? Just like me. I'm W.J. Sheehan, 110 years old. I got old. four aces. What, what do you, you got? Do? <laughs> <laughs> I got a Derringer under the table. Bang! <laughs> <laughs> now I got your four aces and your money. All right, Bill. Our last letter comes in from our field reporter, Rick, in Ohio. And the subject is trail cams for UFOs. So, Rick, you had me at trail cams for UFOs. And he says, hi, Bill and KJ. On today's podcast, you discussed the Harvard Galileo Project, where they're training telescopes on the skies to capture UFOs in action. Bill yeah. called the project trail cams for UFOs or something similar. FYI, there's a similar effort to capture images and analyze them using artificial intelligence, but more for the average citizen than those with $2 million budgets. It's called yeah. Skyhub. Uh, 
Uh-huh. And apparently, if you Google Skyhub, and Rick talks about it here, as I understand it, Skyhub shows you how to build a sky surveillance system and send the data out for analysis using artificial intelligence. An average person could invest about 400 to $600 to build a unit and get started. I have a colleague who was involved in the startup of Skyhub, and uh, he says, FYI, his podcast is called The Mad Scientist. If any of this intrigues you, I can put you in touch with Chris. You know, Bill, maybe we should reach out to Chris and uh, maybe talk to him about being on the podcast. Well, give him a shot. Yeah, shout. yeah, you got to give me, you got to give me Rick's contact info. I'll reach out to him. And then he says, of course, hope you're both well. We appreciate that, Rick, and prayers for Bill's wife, Paula. Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, it's really uh, greatly appreciated. So many people are are on board with praying for Paula and keep praying for her. Uh, you know, I think she's mending, uh, but prayers are always necessary. She's got a long road ahead of her here. And uh, so just stay with that. And I really appreciate it. You have no idea how much I appreciate hearing that. Yep, 100%. But, uh, yeah, uh, it might be interesting to hear what the uh, mad scientist has to say. Uh, but, you know, Kev, we've talked about this in the past of, potentially having some guests and you were saying maybe you would do the interviews and then we'll plug them into the rest of our show. You yeah, know? it's too hard to do a three-way on Skype, but we could do a two-way like you and I do, and then we could plug it into the uh, show. I'm yeah, happy to yeah. do that. It's, uh, so we'll see how that goes uh, down the road, you know, and also see how it works out logistically, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, we don't... We invite a guest or we talk to a guest, and not that the mad scientist would be so, but uh, uh, Kevin and I were in agreement that a lot of interviews that we had heard in the past were just so mumbo-jumbo or so boring or so bad that, you know, (laughs) you just want to... Turn well, it yeah, off, it's, it's man, hard to know. do the interaction like we do. Believe me, like I'm a, I'm a data networking guy, and it's hard for us to do this when we're 600 miles apart. And if we introduce a third, we don't want to just hand the microphone off to them. You know, we want yeah. to be able to interact with them because that's what you folks like. You like the banter between us. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right, Bill. So that's it for listener mail. Folks, I want to thank you. I do the shout out to you all the time for the five star reviews. Keep them coming. I love it. And it is virtually the only way we have to attract new listeners to the podcast. And by getting new listeners, we're able to continuously improve the quality of the podcast. So keep it up. We appreciate it. Yeah. And by the way, folks, if you just heard a clicking. <laughs> Once in a while, I forget I'm sitting in front of a microphone. I was pumping this pen in my left hand, and I said, hey, stop that. (laughs) I was going to ask you about that, Bill. You're driving the audio engineers crazy over here. They're pinging me like, what the heck is that noise going on? (laughs) Is that a dog man looking in your window, Kev? No, I think it's my brother clicking a pen or unwrapping a Jolly Rancher. (laughs) 
It's one or the other. <laughs> one or the old boat. And I got Martha to be quiet tonight, Bill, when you're uh, you're uh, clicking it while unwrapping a Jolly Rancher. <laughs> Sorry, Martha. Well, folks, another great podcast is done. And by the way, if you find yourself stomping around at sunset in Arkansas looking to bang out Big Daddy. You better remember one thing, my friend. Always carry more gun than you think you're gonna need. Sleep tight. <laughs>